welcome to Conversations on Karate with Sue and Greg and, drumroll please, Brad is with us. Hello Brad. Good morning. <laughs> and hello Greg. Hello. How are you both? I'm good. Yeah, good, yeah. Yeah? You had a busy week? What have you both been up to? Working, training, sleeping and then repeating again. Training. Standard. What have you been up to in training? What have I been up to in training? I haven't actually trained as much as I wanted to this week. Done a few weight sessions. I went to um, a martial arts place near where I live one morning, which was good. Did some some pad work and some grappling there, and got immediately destroyed, which was a which was a humbling experience. Really? Yeah, yeah, it was good. It was good. And Brad, what have you been up to training wise uh, well, or otherwise? Training wise, uh, gym. <laughs> Uh, every day of the week, almost apart every from day. yeah, mm. apart from Thursdays, obviously karate on Thursdays. So yeah, so weights and cardio at the gym, and then normal karate sessions on the on the Thursday. So yeah, mm. it's been going quite well for me. So. Mm-hmm. I hear I missed a good karate session on Thursday. You what did. was it? Was a different type of session. What's going on? We did some cir- karate-based circuit training, which was it was good fun. So we had some, how many stations did we have? About eight? Was it eight stations? Maybe a bit more than that, maybe. Was it? Yeah. So we had so we had um, some strikes on the ground for good old ground and pound style training. For one, we had the, the punch bag up for kicks on another one. We had um, shuttle runs. Shuttle runs. We had planks, V-sits. You've got to mention it was punching planks. Punching so. planks, yeah, <laughs> punching planks, punching V sits, cutter, and some other bits. Yeah, it was hard work, but it was good. It was good fun. Because mm-hmm. we had a what was it a minute on and then fifteen minute rest between fifteen minute fifteen seconds. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, fifteen minute rest sounds awesome. <laughs> the easiest circuit yeah, ever. Circuits ever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I kind of wish I, you know, if it'd been fifteen minute rest, I would definitely yeah, have no. enjoyed that. <laughs> no, as I, as I meant. One minute on, and then fifteen seconds rest, which uh, is quite knackering, as you can imagine. <laughs> I've done circuits before. I've never done karate circuits, but I've done circuits, good. so I know. You gave how me hard an idea for a, for a, uh, a grueling circuit for someone who's training for a black belt grading. Really? Yeah, which I thought would be quite cool. Maybe we'll do it one day for me. Maybe. Yeah. Definitely. We'll try it. Oh, we can road test it for you. Yeah. We could try it. <laughs> Just get beaten yeah. up. <laughs> yeah, that's essentially what it is, yeah. Well, that happens to me a lot, so that sounds like a training session to me. <laughs> I think you're doing the beating sometimes, those suits. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't think so. I do try. Greg, you were talking about some training that you've been doing lately. Mm-hmm. Um, you were talking very particularly about doing flow in punching techniques. Flow and lightness, for, yeah. based on some training that you've been doing recently with the boxer. Yeah, so well, it's my, my brother... It's boxed for years, and he. Um, I trained with him a couple of weeks ago, and we were doing some some focus mitt drills. Being from karate, you always want to try and hit super heavy every time. So when you're on pads, and um, he said, just forget that for a minute because you, you can tell your karate because it's that it's that one technique, then two techniques, then three techniques. It's like there's almost a slight break in between because you're. It's like when we do kata, it's one, two, three, four. It's not there's not much flow between techniques. So he said, take that out of it take all the power out and just work on connecting the techniques together and then the power will come and it made so much sense and then looking back you kind of realize why the kung fu kata so to speak work the way they do because they just flow between movements 
Whereas the specifically Shotokan is very, it's almost robotic in a way. Of one, two, three, four. Um, but it definitely made a difference, and it's it quite interesting. And it's something I've said for a long time, anyway. Like when we do pad works, and I always try and say, don't do one, two, three techniques. Try and do one, two, three. Overlap them together, because that's how you make a combination. A combination isn't say three or four techniques just back to back. It's the overlap of those techniques and setting them up with the last one. But having somebody else tell me to do it sort of helped me quite a bit. So yeah, I've been working on that. It's, it makes quite a difference. Do you find it quite easy when you were actually told to do that? Do yeah. Just, yeah. yeah, 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 definitely. It takes the pressure off because you're not trying to smash the pads. You're just working on just your own technique. And then the power, well, you, you'll find, we did this a few weeks ago, didn't we, on Thursday, I said to you, just mm. take all the power out of it. And then before you, you did about five rotations of it. And then before you know it, you were hitting the pads just as hard as you were before. Yeah. But it was yeah. far quicker in technique. It was There was no breaks. It was just one, two, three, four, bang, just straight in. And they were still solid shots, so you wouldn't get hit by any of them. But they were connected in a much, much more efficient way. Mm. So it's yeah, the power yeah. was coming from the momentum of the of the strikes, and not necessarily the the power that you're putting into it. Mm. So yeah, it's it's a, it's a worthwhile thing to do sometimes. And I've been trying to do it with everything, even when I'm doing kata, if I'm practicing on my own, just taking the breaks out of it, and you you, you find that it fits much more in line with the application that you're doing. Yeah, I remember. Um Jeff ages ago used to do get us to do kata in various different speeds, not just slow and precise, but he used to get us to imagine it was Tai Chi. That's a brilliant way of doing it. And just flow. Yeah, just, that's a brilliant way of doing yeah, it. Yeah, just forget about, you know, speed or power at that point and just flow it through so that you are experiencing it completely differently. One thing, I trained with a, a guy this week, I was saying, I, was, I trained um, somewhere else and we did some, some Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. And I've I've done maybe two or three classes ever. So I'm not... I have a, a very, very small understanding of it. And we, we rolled for about half an hour. And trying to do techniques where you do them in that way, of like, oh, I'm going to move this arm here, then I'm going to do this. It just doesn't... It takes too long. You need that flow of, as I'm doing this, I'm also starting to do this. And as I'm doing this, I'm starting up the next bit. Because then you have no breaks for your, for your opponent to get in. Um, and it's the same if, if we're doing catch application live if, if you if you do it kind of as a set drill you can afford to go one two three just to learn the movements but when you start applying it they all need to connect and overlap because you, the moment you create a gap then your opponent's going to go straight into that gap and it happens it's the same with you know sparring everything so it's yeah it's a good way of practicing it i sort of think about that it's like a the push pull action when you're when you're doing basics and stuff like that, you know, one one hand is punching, one hand's putting back to your hip, and vice versa. So that makes a lot of sense what you're saying there mm. about that. So you need, you know, you need to be doing something while something else is doing something almost. Yeah, there's never any space. Oh, what's the saying? Oh, that's, it's a really cool saying. I think it might be Sun Tzu from the Art of War. I might be completely wrong. Someone will correct me if I'm wrong. But they say, "Leave no space for death to enter." I like that. That's cool. It's very cool. Any space, you get killed. <coughs> Maybe not, because we're only training, but you never know. Come up against Sun Tzu, the reincarnation of Sun Tzu. So we not meet him. Yeah, <laughs> fingers crossed. Karate and Somerset and the Art of War. Yes, that's the title of my new book, coming next year. No. Is it really? No, it's not. Go on, do no. it. I've started do writing it. something, though. Have you? I have, yeah. This is for, just for fun? or? For well, your... for the grading, mm. potentially. But I will, I'll, I'll just... 
I'll put it out there if it's any good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we'll see. Brilliant. Based on Sun Tzu. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I might. I'll throw him in there. I'll give him a. I'll give him give a, him a cheeky mention. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> yeah. I'll name drop him in there. <laughs> my friend Sun Tzu. <laughs> yeah, my friend Sun Tzu once told me. They'll probably find out that it's not Sun Tzu that said that quote. Now it could probably be someone completely different, but. Well, we might even look it up while we're Let's here. Let's say it's Sun Tzu. Shall I look it up right now? Do it. Do it. Absolutely. We carry on talking as I do this. Yeah, you can multitask. So have you done that quite a lot as well then, Brad? Like the flow techniques, running kata that way, running um, sparring well, that way? I do quite like doing kata, as you said, like Tai Chi. Like I think it's, I know it's slightly different from what perspective I'm looking at it, but more of a relaxing aspect of it. It's just nice to go through kata that way mm. and not have to worry about... Um, well, so you're still worrying about your stances and the correct movements and stuff that you're doing, but mm. it's just nice to flow through it and just not think about it really. Because you know, when when you're in a training aspect of going through the the kata while someone's watching you, even though we say that you know you should be able to just go through the kata like you can walk, you know, which should be as easy as walking. Mm. Um, but it's just nice to go through it and not think about. It in that way, yeah. To be honest, if you, if you get what I mean. <laughs> no, I do. I do get what you mean. I think it's um, it's a nice way to practice mm. it because it takes your mind off, you know, the precision aspects and the power aspects. It lets you go on to the, the flow aspects and just moving into each position, ready for the next position. Yeah. You know, and when I first started training them, I used to put on um loads of pop songs and just try and do them to the rhythm of a pop song because it messes with your head and your sense of what the rhythm ought to be. It kind of breaks it so that you can actually come up with a slightly different way of linking movements together, which I quite that's enjoyed doing that. Well, it was, it was a different way to learn it. It was a different way to get it into my head so that, you know, you could try different things, you know, do the kicks a bit harder to a different rhythm. I mean, it might sound bizarre, but, you know, it actually makes it a different exercise. It makes it more fun. Hmm. So then you come back to doing it the other way and, and maybe you've got a slightly different perspective. Because I know that you've often said, Greg, that... Um, you like learning different things off different people when you mm. watch, no matter what grade, do a different oh, yeah, kata. Yeah. Yeah. You get a slightly different interpretation when someone's mm. doing it. And I think that's quite useful. That's what that I really enjoy when Joe teaches us, not to teach us a new kata, cause, but goes through kata, ones that I've done for years, who have a different way of doing it than, I, than I've done for years. It's, it's so interesting to see someone else's way of doing it. It's, it's good. And you might find that they do it slightly different and it's better for me, so I'll change it. Mm. It's interesting. It is. So in terms of the the going back to the lightness and flow and, and all of that, does that how does that follow if you then want to bring in kicks, strikes, blocks, stuff like that? Can you also do that if you're yeah, sparring? Absolutely. I think when you when you say flow, you want to think of it as as just like I said, having no space. So if you want to put kicks in, say your your combination is a is a a lead hand punch, backhand punch, and then rear leg roundhouse kick. What you don't want is punch, punch, kick, because there's spaces in between. It needs to be the first punch, as soon as the first punch leaves, it's already setting up the second punch, so there's an overlap between the two, and as soon as that second punch leaves, then the hip's already starting to rotate for the kick. So everything is connected together. So yeah, you can absolutely do it for kicks. I wouldn't I wouldn't say you want to just like flop your leg out and hope for the best in terms of uh, like lightness and kicks the, st- the technique still needs to be there but it's it's that that joining together of things think of it more like joined up writing than capital letters if that makes sense mm. yeah 
Okay, I like that. Yeah, that's good. It's <laughs> a good analogy. And I've just realised, by the way, that it wasn't Sun Tzu that said that, so I have absolutely no clue who it was that said that, whether I made it up just now or I heard it somewhere. So you've searched the quote and it doesn't exist. It doesn't exist. You should claim it then, Greg. I'm, gonna claim, I'm not going to claim it because I must have heard it somewhere because it's far too clever for me to have come up with. Ooh. So <laughs> I, I must have heard it somewhere. I just don't know where. <laughs> so in, in a dream. Yeah. If anyone else has heard that, let me know where you heard it from, please. Okay. Yeah. And I will try and find out for next either, time. Either that or it is entirely your creation. It, it can't be. I'm not that clever. Leave no space. What was it again? Leave no space for death. I've heard it somewhere. That's going to annoy me for the rest of the day until I find out. That should probably be the title of today's um, today's podcast. Yeah. Should we just rename the whole podcast? Leave no space for death to enter. Maybe a touch dark. Yeah. You might get like loads of metalheads (laughs) listening. They might think it's like a cool. Got a metalhead in the room, so that's cool. Yeah, we do. I think that's a good good name for a podcast, really. (laughs) Be the title of your next album. Yeah. Leave no space for death. I'm going to claim that one though. Can I be on the cover? Thanks, guys. Yeah. Can I be on the album cover in like samurai armor Pol- with a sword? Pulverizing, pulverizing yeah. someone on the ground with elbows. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's weird. <laughs> <laughs> but it's okay. I think as album art, that works quite well. Yeah. I yeah. reckon so. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely. By the way, this you can leave this in or you can take this out. It's up to you. Okay. I was thinking the other day, we still haven't been in one of your short films yet. For those who make short films, and we said ages ago that we were going to do some sort of fight scene. That's right, yeah. And I, was th- I don't know why I was thinking about it. I might have been listening to the last one we did, and I thought, oh, we haven't done that. So no, we, we haven't do done that. that. We haven't done that. But the, um, the guys who um, make one, make them, haven't actually done a competition. And that was those ones were for a competition. Oh, okay. They were short film compos. And um, they haven't done one in, in a while, so... I think probably what I should do is approach them and say, how would you like to make... So are you thinking, you know, Enter the Dragon style, or are you thinking comedy? Kung Enter, Fu the Panda? <laughs> Enter the Dragon. <laughs> if we can get anywhere close to Enter the Dragon level of fight scenes, that would be good. Yeah? Mm. Yeah. Okay. Swords and the whole thing, or just... You give Brad an a interchangeable hand. Like Mr. Han <laughs> from Enter the Dragon. I'll be Bruce Lee. You can, be, you can be Mr. Han. And we'll, we'll go from there. <laughs> I dread to think what part I'll have. <laughs> Terrified onlooker, probably. No, we can find your part. You could be... Uh, <laughs> I don't know, we'll, we'll find one. They're not very... They didn't have a great deal of uh, females, female martial artists in those not films, by, did not they? Not back then. Not His back sister then. got killed in that film, I think, didn't she? <laughs> yeah, she did. Yeah. Yeah. Because mm. then yeah. he... Ki- yeah. Spoilers. Her sister gets killed. Spoiler alert for anyone who hasn't seen it. Film came out in 1972, but just in case you haven't seen it. Just in case you haven't seen it. I bet there are people that haven't watched it, though. Probably. Probably. There we go. (laughs) Okay, so movies. So anyone who's out there who's a movie maker in the UK and would like to make a short film on martial arts, get in touch. We are open to hearing from you. Yes. Absolutely. Any chance I get to beat up Brad on camera will be a welcome one. Really? Yeah. <laughs> oh, well, we can make that happen easily. Yeah. We just film it. Okay. Go outside right now, Gregory. Yeah, we, we can do. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so this, this is um, escalating. <laughs> <laughs> not in the studio, though, please. No, no, it's definitely not. not possible. All well, no. the weapons are in here, though, aren't they? The mic stands and that, so... <laughs> yeah, no, that's not Okay. <laughs> Improvised weapons. Improvised weapons, yes. Greg's actually looking round. 
Um, it's a good practice, that, self-defence-wise. What can you use that's nearby? OK, go ahead. Attack him with a piece of Victoria sponge. Mm, that might not work. The promised cake has arrived, <laughs> has by arrived. the way. Yeah. The promised cake did arrive. It was to celebrate, what, my three years? Your 22 years. Yeah, nearly 22 years, yeah. yeah. Oh, and while we're here, am I getting my purple and white bulb? You did. I you did. did. So, well done, me. Your fourth cue? Yes, fourth yes. cue. Yeah. So... Cake celebrations today. How did the grading go? I wasn't there. I couldn't make the grading. I had to work, unfortunately. But how did the grading okay. go? I think it was for everyone. Okay. It was good. I think so. Yeah. Everyone passed. Yeah. 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 It was. Um, yeah. It was good, actually. Thanks. But before we come to that, I did actually want to just come to something that you were saying to me the other day, guys, about drills and learning set drills for bunkai in kata, which uh, is interesting because I like doing it both ways. Um, working it out and being taught the the set drills. So what did you think about that? I think the idea of saying to people, I want you to come up with what it's going to be, because people can't... When we were doing the demonstrations in in the group, there's a big difference between someone who understands what they're saying and explaining it and someone who's just trying to come up with it on the fly. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? And if they don't understand it, they can't explain it. Whereas if if you show them a technique... So if I showed you the bunker for the start of Piango Dan... You can understand that, yeah, because you've 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 had it taught to you step by step. Yeah, you understand exactly why you're doing what you're doing. So if, if I ask you to explain it to me, you can you can because you understand it. Yeah, and Whereas, we've run it repeatedly. Yeah, if I said to you, right, Sue, I want you to go away and I want you to come back next week with like the first four moves and an application. If, if you don't understand what you're looking for, you might come back with complete rubbish. Mm. Do you know what I mean? I do. I mean. Sorry, 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 I was just going to pipe in. So I get what you're, you're saying with that group. Um, watching a group in uh, karate trying to demonstrate something from a cat, it just it sort of, if they don't know, as you said, what they're looking for, then it sort of turns into, oh yeah, um, the next move I'm going to Mote and Gay Dan Broy, and then this, uh, I'm going to block a punch next, and, uh, and then this is going to happen next. It just turns into that. It turns um, into more of a routine. Yeah. Than, yeah. And not like a flow, going back to flows yeah, again. Flow. <laughs> I think someone, someone always said, a guy who we used to train with from from Birmingham, he always used to say that the cata application is something you do to your opponent, not something you do with your partner. Which makes sense. Like there are ways you can do it. Like when we were doing the um, the drill for Unsu, where we had like, and I don't want people to think we're doing it for guys around you. Like the traditional way of doing that is, it wasn't like that. It was just a way of flowing through the whole kata. You're still doing realistic, realistic techniques, but you're just using various people. So if you dump somebody on the floor, you haven't got to wait for them to get up again before you can move on. Mm. That is, in its sense, that's in a sense of routine, mm. but you're still doing effective technique. Yeah, but there has to be a starting point. So that yeah. was a really good way of explaining to those of us who'd never done Antsu what it looked like and what it meant, mm. you know. So I think that's quite useful to, to actually run through something and say, this is what it means. This is how it's supposed to flow. This is how it's supposed to work. Yeah. And, you know, and then, like you say, it was effective and we were running it through. It was a long kata. It's a great kata, though. Yeah. It's a great fun. Yeah, yeah, I love it. <laughs> Never going to be able to do that turning kick and land on the floor. The there. jump, yeah, it's hard. Uh, it's diff- very difficult, yeah. Yeah, I couldn't believe I over-jumped. Yeah, stop and, boasting. Yeah. <laughs> well, no, I did land funny on my knee, which wasn't good. But never mind. It's part of the fun. Yeah. But anyway, what was I saying? So, I was, yeah, so I, th- I think it's best to have someone learn a drill or learn a set application to then demonstrate that set application, not yeah. say, 
I want you to give once for black belt and a, you know for Dan Gradins, if they already have an understanding of bunkai, then absolutely. Then I want you to, like for my grading is go away, come back with some application for this. But because I know what I'm looking for, fingers crossed, I won't come up with anything ridiculous. Do you know what I mean? Mm. We always used to say, me and a friend of mine used to say, if people haven't read the Bunkai book, which back then was Ian Abernethy's Bunkai Jitsu, which is to this day the best resource on Bunkai you can get, or you really? can't get anymore because it's out of print. Oh, really? But, um, yeah. Do you want a copy from me? It's a lot of money. No. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't sell it. But yeah, because it, it's, it's not necessarily a book of techniques. There, there's loads of techniques in there, but it's a book that teaches you how to read kata, how to understand it, and what you're looking for. Mm-hmm. Which is, that's what you need. Because once you understand that, then you can come up with your own interpretations and things. Yeah. But I think we're at a stage now where the whole interpreting kata, that's long gone. People have done that for years and years and years. You shouldn't be doing that anymore. Like, you should you should know. Like, I know what each technique in the kata that I practice are. So I know that if I'm going to teach it to someone, I know what it is. There's no guesswork there anymore for me. There was... And there was, from the people that taught it to me, there was guesswork from them because they weren't taught it. But because I was taught it, I don't need to go back to the drawer to find it out again. Does that make sense? Oh. Yeah. Don't yeah. reinvent the real wheel. Yeah, exactly, mm. yeah. Yeah, I, I do think there has to be an, a, a big element of learning it with somebody who knows what's going on because you taught me some of Godan and I've learned other parts of Godan. And then I went and watched an Ian Abernathy video of Godan, and the only parts that made sense to me were the, f- the parts that I've actually been physically shown mm. with a partner, because the rest of it was just too fast, and it was stuff that I haven't done. So you know, the, the very, the very end part, scooping up a leg and pulling somebody yeah. off their feet. Yeah, you know, haven't done that. So it's it's very hard to learn from a video, is what I'm saying. So you're <laughs> you a, can get a sense of it, but yeah. you actually do have to. You know, then actually go and work it out, preferably with somebody who knows what they're doing. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So you are a. Uh, what, what, there's three types of learners. Sue would be a kinesthetic. That's learner. it. That's the word. Well done, Brad. <laughs> I knew you were here for a reason. <laughs> yeah. See, I'm quite visual. I can look at a video on YouTube, and I can, like, I wouldn't say I've got it, but I'll, I'll remember it enough to be able to work it through, and then sort of go back and watch it again and go, okay, I missed that little bit out. I can add this mm. bit. Yeah. Whereas you sound like you need to try it. Oh, it. I do. Mm, I would say the same as Sue. Yeah. I need to do things in order yeah. to understand it and to, for it to stick into my head. Yeah, see, I have like to that. watch it. If I can see someone do it, then I can, yeah. Obviously, you need to practice it as well. Yeah, I think it depends whether how familiar you are with the topic anyway. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So this is something that every single week I'm learning something new. So to see something completely new, it wouldn't be, you know things that I've done in the past that I know really really well and you can see them and completely understand where they're coming from because mm. you know the history you know the background you know what's what's going on so it's easier to to follow but yeah with something like this I need to do it and so I need a lot of repetition yeah but that's good though yeah well I know how that's yeah. how I learn I know that <laughs> reps 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 yeah that's the, that's the yeah. way which so yeah I was I was mentioning to you before I actually did um the the godan thing Mm-hmm. The first move in Godan, the one that you showed me. So from a shirt grab, we had a, a Sunday night training session that you ran. And uh, my opponent on that particular occasion was six foot two. Yes. And um, he, so he did the first thing. 
And and this was because we were just, you know, you were just running bunkai or sparring or whatever, and we were allowed to do whatever we wanted to do. And he did a big shirt grab on me, and he was, but he was pulling me off my feet, which is not how we rehearsed it, not how we did it at all. You weren't dragging me particularly. No. You were just kind of turning and throwing punches at me. So um, because he was pulling at me, I thought, good oh, And it really did leap into my head. <laughs> it was the first thing. But I grabbed hold of his hand, but it was an anchor, so I could lean back. Yeah. And then step round to the side. And then the strike down onto his elbow worked really well because that brought him forward and he was not expecting that. That was really good. It also brings him down to your height. He brought him six foot two. Yeah, then, brought yeah. him further down to my height because I'm, what, 5'5", five, five, I think. So, yeah, that brought him down and he wasn't expecting it. So it did unseat him a little bit. And um, But then the bar, the arm bar, whatever, the block, the strike, because of his height and because I was going quite fast, actually ended up being back fist into his ear so it's a little bit painful for him I don't think that was very nice but um but it actually it worked good it worked really well so it's just you know like you were saying it's um putting it together yeah the, the reps you, you need to drill things constantly for it to work um like we were doing the, the drill on Thursday night like I, I made the point me and me and Joe sort of Joe came over after he finished setting up the circuits and I was like, what's this? I'll join in. So I went with Joe and we, we, we did that drill for probably about three minutes, if that, non-stop. But in those three minutes, we got loads and loads and loads of practice done. So that's that drill just gets into your head just the instinct of the, the parry and the covers, mm. which if you... Sorry, what was the drill? Because we haven't actually explained what the drill is. Um, okay, it's probably hard to, to get across on audio. But so, so, so the drill is... Um, you parry with your front hand and then you, you bridge over with your back hand and then press down with your front hand again. So you do three touches on one punch, which in application you're never going to do. But what it does is it just gets you used to moving the arm across and controlling it and then firing a punch back. And then your partner does it to you and then fires the punch back. And you just float back and forth. We can record a video and maybe put it up if people need to. I'm sure it's online somewhere. It's not unique to us, but... Mm. Um, yeah, and when you flow back and forth like that, you get loads and loads of practice done in a really, really short space of time. Mm. Um, and again, it's that, that idea of just constant drilling. It just ingrains it into your mind so that under pressure it just comes out. It's just one of those simple drills, really, that teaches you so much of how to um, yeah. how to deal with different movements. And, and... it is a simple drill. Like, like I know when, when we, we were doing it on Thursday, everyone sort of looked and was like, oh, what the hell is this? Mm. This looks so complicated, but it's actually not. Once you do it, it's it's really simple. Yeah, it's a good drill. It is. That, I like them. I like doing them. They they do teach you to very, very quickly get your hands involved when something's coming towards your face. And, and again, it's actually back to the lightness and flow. Yeah. It's not about power. No, absolutely. You couldn't it's, do it's that drill about, full power you know, because just... if you were doing that drill full power, you wouldn't be going back and forth. Mm. You'd be blocking and immediately firing back full power. You'd be landing that shot. Mm. But you're you're work again. You're working with a partner. You're just drilling technique together. Yeah, but I think it's useful to have drilled that lightly. So if something yeah. in many different situations where you might actually want to block or parry something, not always necessarily something going to come at you full power, but it might be something just fast. So it just teaches you to just do something fast and just move. Yeah, <laughs> that, that's, just being relaxed though it, it does apply to when I like I said when I was rolling with the, the jujitsu guy. Because I, I don't know a great deal, you, you tense up because you think, oh, I'm going to get this, I'm going to try new strength. It does not work. The more you tense up, the worse it is for you because it just gives them something to go for. You, 
the more relaxed you are, the more you can move out of positions really, really easily. And you, you're just like a wet fish, you're hard to hold on to. Um. <laughs> I, like, I like that. Is that good? Yeah. <laughs> I also like, um, similar to what I know, what Joe's. Uh, Sue's lost Sue's it. Lost it. <laughs> <laughs> you say something. <laughs> Your goal is to be like a wet fish <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. Well, you know, they're hard to catch, though, aren't they? So. Exactly. Yeah. Have you ever tried to pick up a wet fish? <laughs> well, if, what, how do you, what is a fish that's not wet? Is a dead fish, so... Well, they're still a bit slippery, though, aren't they? <laughs> I don't know. Anyway, moving um, on. What yeah, were you saying? Sorry, I was, I was, I was going to say, it reminds me of something that um, Joe has taught us, the fact that, you know, if if you're against someone, he, you know... He, he did the the pushing motion against someone where if you were stiff and you tried pushing oh, yeah, someone, yeah, 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 then they're going to resist because their you know their muscles will tense up at the same. But if you're relaxed and you push them, they just go. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> There's no definitely. resistance from them because yeah. they're also relaxed at the time of being pushed. So yeah. it makes a whole lot of difference. It does make a difference. If that explained it well enough. <laughs> no, it does. It does, and it didn't sound like it was sensible when we first learned it, but it works. Hmm. Mm-hmm. It does. I've completely lost what we were talking about now. The wet fish comment through me, <laughs> even though I said it. Yeah, if anyone can think of a better analogy, please do share it. <laughs> <laughs> Soon. You won't find a better analogy, I'm telling you now. Greg's goal is to feel like a wet fish. Yes. There you go, nice. All right, moving on. Yeah, moving on. Mm-hmm. You graded last week, Sue, this time last week, a week I did. ago. Yeah, this time last week, I was on my way to my grading, yeah. How did it go? It was good, I think. It was very, very different. The first grading like that that I've done, other than the one that I did with you two. In terms of what you did, though, it was similar, wasn't it? In terms of what I actually did, obviously this was a a far more formal setting and um, and lots of other people there. and, And I think it was good. You know, it was definitely very different. It included um, Bankai application which was great. I was doing that um, against someone that I've been practicing with. So that was actually really helpful mm-hmm. to be able to do it against somebody that I was, or do it with somebody I've been practicing with. So, and they were um, techniques that I'd learned both from you and from Joe. So I was pretty rehearsed on that. And, um, and, uh, and Joe said that something that I kept saying was, was good because I kept referring to the fact that I've got his arm and now I'm controlling him here and I'm doing that and he picked up on that and said well done you you know always mention control so and we did strike combinations and and kata and all the normal kihon that we'd normally do mm-hmm. so it was good it was different to have brought in application of bunkai it was very very different work, to yeah. do that and pad work yeah. yeah and strike combinations on the pads yeah um so that was good. It was the first time I think that we'd run that particular type of um, grading, and it was the the syllabus is relatively new, so I think yeah. that there was an element of, um, and I don't think I'm speaking out of turn here by saying that there's an element of trying it out. Definitely, we. I mean, like because obviously Joe sort of I helped Joe sort of implement what he wanted to put in there based on what I'd done with our syllabus previous, and I always said is a process it's not this is going to be the syllabus forever this is something you're trying out and then next year you might tweak it a little bit more and a little bit more and it might take you five years to get to the syllabus where you want it to be um so yeah there's always going to be an element of trying it out Mm. just to see if it works yeah and Um, i don't mean that to be rude about it at all not at all no sorry excuse me 
Um, but I think that was that was nice because I think that was very open, and that then all the students were aware that there was an element of, you know, feeling your way into into it a little bit. So I think that's good, and I I like that in a class. I like that that feeling that everyone knows what's going on. You know, yeah. there's, no, there's no secrets. Yeah, and uh, and I think the the children seem to enjoy it as well. So yeah, it was good grading. Good. I'll hopefully be at the next one. Yeah. Yeah, me too. I'll be at the next mm. one. Be good to actually um, be on the panel again. Seeing as you know, something that I haven't done in a, at least a few years, just to see you know people's progress and um, how they get on at, in a you know a stressful sit. Well, not stressful, kind of stressful situation. <laughs> um, <laughs> of you know doing all the stuff that we you know we love doing. So. Be, yeah, it'd be good to see that again. How much, as um, as people who've sat on panels, how much leeway do you give to people when they go wrong in a in an exam? I mean, given that presumably you're in a class with them, it depends what you, you go know wrong that with. they know. Mm, yeah. So you know, so yeah, so supposing they go spectacularly wrong and they forget their catter right in the middle <laughs> twice. Um, you, that's a tough question. It depends who it is. Depends. I think. Sorry, I was just going to say. It depends how they act in situations. Yeah, it as well. does. Yeah. yeah. Okay. If well, they like, um, I've, I think any instructor that I've been under has always said, you know, if you're doing kata or kumite or something along those lines, and you mess up and you make a big deal out of it and go, oh no, we've done that wrong, um, you know, that's a big red flag to the judges or whatever, saying, you know, okay, you know, he has gone wrong. But if you Deal with that situation in a, in a good way, you know, make it so that it doesn't look like it's a mistake. Okay. Well, then so you yeah. get away with it a bit more. So what, <laughs> would, what would be a good way and how would you make it not look like a mistake? You're always, we're always going to know it's a mistake. Like, I'll know. If I watch you do a cat, I'll know if you've messed it up because mm-hmm. I know that card better than you do. But I think it's, it's more to do with how you deal with the situation, like how you act afterwards if you just relax and think oh okay right i'll just compose myself and go again it shows you're in control if you're not in control you make a big fuss out of it like you said it's a red flag you just go it's just, it's just the wrong attitude to have right so you're mm. looking not just for the technique to be perfect or for the routine to be perfect you're actually looking for them to see they've made a mistake take a deep breath and either go back to the beginning yeah or go back a couple of moves don't give up and then show you that they do in fact know it mm. Mm. so there's some leeway there is yeah yeah there is there's always a bit a little, there has to be a little bit because you need to understand it is a sort of testing environment and everyone deals with tests differently mm. um that goes back to previous what we were saying before which we won't get into again but in so that's one of the ways which necessarily a formal grading aren't necessarily the best thing to do because it does put unnecessary pressure on people the wrong kind of pressure I think sometimes you need to have pressure because combat is stressful, but it's a kind of a different kind of pressure. Mm. But there's definitely leeway in certain aspects of it. Um, the whole spar, like what we were always told, is if, if you're sparring for a grading, if it's the last thing you do, it doesn't matter if you get absolutely annihilated at that point, you just don't give up. You you just keep going for that amount of time. You just weather the storm you just get through it because it shows you've got the right mindset if you make a big fuss and you go i can't do this then you don't deserve to be wearing the grade you're going for really yeah absolutely i remember in my first dan uh grading where you knocked me for six (laughs) 
and I was oh, dazed for a good I five seconds that, yeah. or so, and I was thinking, thinking to myself, well, you know, well, I don't know what I was thinking at the time, but, you know, I couldn't have gave up at that point, you know, I was too far into the grading to give up, so I came back at mm. you. <laughs> that was when I twisted my ankle before I fought you as well. Yeah, I th- oh, I thought it was something you did something to your shoulder or something. No, I think it was my ankle, wasn't it? Something I, like, I, I was getting changed, because this is one of those times where you I was... You twisted your ankle getting changed? Yeah, I, I swear <laughs> it was, yeah, it was something to do with my ankle, it was like my, my heel or something. And I remember going, oh, for God's sake, of all the times to do this, like, I've just got to go and fight everyone going for their black belt gradings. I've just got changed out of my suit and tie. As I said last time, like Jeff would always ask me to do. Yeah, well, and, uh, actually, that, yeah, we, I didn't I, actually keep that bit in because oh, that no, kind didn't. of didn't really fit. So, um, but no, tell us now, tell us that, and then yeah, come so, back to beating up Brad because I'm always here for hearing about that. <laughs> <laughs> so I would, always, I, would always, I would always be sat on the panel and we'd always wear kind of the official grading attire of your you know suit blazer and jacket etc and every time i'd always have my bag my training bag with me because it would have everything i need in there like so i'd have gloves with me and everything um yeah and jeff would always kind of look over and go have you brought your gloves yes jeff i've brought my gloves do you think you could go and change into your gi yes of course i can cool what do you want me to do? I want you to spar with everyone going for their grading. Yeah. All right, yeah, fine. Once I've done that, I'll go put my suit back on again, yeah. sit down and finish you, off. You said last week that you were, well, not last week, because it was a few weeks ago, a couple of weeks ago, but you said you just, just were like enjoying the relaxed. Yeah. Everyone else has got the Every, effort yeah, and the, the stress. Girl, I used to love sitting there because I used to think, I haven't got to do this. This is so nice. I've done this. I, <laughs> I can just watch everybody else suffer. It's brilliant, especially for downgradings because downgradings were so hard. And especially Jeff's downgrades were exhausting, like mm. really, really hard. And by the end of it, when you actually put your gloves on and you go four rounds, whatever, you are you're just done. So I would always be like, oh, I can't. Why do you have to watch? That's why it was bad for you because I'm fresh when I got off the panel. Yeah, I'm not warm. <laughs> I still haven't done anything that you've done before. And yeah, that one time I had to spar with you for your grading, I, I did something to my ankle just before I was getting changed and I hobbled out. I was like, for God's sake, this is ridiculous. <laughs> but luckily, I caught you with a great hook or something, wasn't it? Oh, nasty. Yeah. <laughs> um, you were the last one I had to spar against as well. Was I? Yeah. Yeah. So I went through uh, two other guys. <laughs> and so at this point, I was hanging anyway. Yeah. And I think this was actually a couple of months after my nose got broken as well. So. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, that wasn't me, was it? Though? No, that wasn't you. That no. was someone else. Uh, but you know, that wasn't a good experience because uh, that uh, the grading as well. I got hit in the face on my nose, freshly after it had been broken. So that was uh, quite painful, and um, yeah, I wasn't too happy about that. But carried on, and regardless, so yeah. <laughs> yeah, if you gave up, then your grading would have been oh yeah over. You could have done over, the best yeah. grading up until that point. But if you'd given up on that last round, would have been sorry. You're not wearing it. You're not having your black belt because you don't give up. So giving up is that's it. That's yeah. where you that's where you fail. Yeah. So you can you can screw up. You can make mistakes so long as it's not hundreds. Yeah. But you can make mistakes and correct them and show that you know what you're doing because yeah. you know. And the difference if I'd knocked you out with that hook, then it might have been a different story. You probably would have been given a little bit of leeway to. Yeah, we would expect you to carry on while you're unconscious. Yes, you lay down for the last but, minute of your, your, your sparring session, so you're yeah. not going to pass. I can fight one pass, don't you? <laughs> 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 uh, uh, talk, talking about judging grading, so something I like to see a lot is you know, the 
well, relates to this, what we've been talking about, determination and um, passion and stuff, you know, even though if you aren't the best at what you're doing, as long as you're trying, you know, it's, it's a good thing to yeah. see. You pretend you are the best. Yeah, that's right. In your head, you are the best. That's, there's nothing worse than you see, you see someone come up and you just think, why are you, why are you here? Do you want to be, if you want to be here, surely you want to put the effort in. And we used to get that sometimes and you just think, like, well, what are you doing here? Like, are you being made to come here? Like, you don't have to be here. It's not, you know. Was that all levels or the beginning levels most? Um, you would see it. It mainly used to be the beginning levels because normally those people sort of dwindle off and they yeah. won't stick at it. They either, they either learn to love it or they don't and they just go away. But yeah. occasionally you would get it from... You, sometimes you get it from people you wouldn't expect it from and you just think, are you just having a bad day or what? But I just never understood it. It is very hard. I mean, I have to say... In all honesty, I spent at least 18 months, if not two years, every single week doing the warm-up, saying to myself, I don't have to do this. Mm. I can leave if I want to, because I knew how hard it was. Yeah, it was like me this week. Well, I trained, um, like I said, in a different place, and we were doing some pad work combinations. And we do a lot of pad work, but a lot of the time I'm holding pads for people, so I'm not necessarily going through it. Mm. This was, for an hour, non-stop pad work wow in the ring and i was in the corner of the ring hanging on the ropes just gasping for it, like oh my god i'm gonna be sick in a minute like do not be sick because i'm hanging here and i think i don't have to be here this is it's a tuesday morning i've specifically come here to do it like but i don't have to be here like but you enjoy it it's just part of the fun yeah yeah and it, it was it shows you've had a good session like i know i was training hard because i could feel it it's not mm. like i was just you know, not giving it everything. Mm. There's other people there, so it's like you have to, you have to go hard. But yeah, that was a. Oh, I felt bad. I did feel. I did feel bad, but it shows my fitness level is not what it needs to be. So. Well, that's why you're doing it. That's why I'm doing it. Yeah. Yeah. You're going to keep doing that particular thing. I'm going to go at least once a week. Yeah, because it's in the mornings, and if if I've got a morning off where if I'm working a late night, then I can I've got a free hour I can go down and train. So. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Especially the groundwork is something I need to work on for when we for when I spar for my grading. So that was good. That is something that is definitely not very present in karate. Isn't oh, it's it? not at all. Yeah, no. Well, there's little bits. I mean, there's, you've there's shown bits. me the occasional there's, bit of, of gaining a. I think, like you said, like gaining the dominant position or something. Yeah. But it doesn't really go much further than that. Again, because I don't think it needs to for karate. If, you, if you're talking about karate as a self-defense based um, martial art. You don't want to be rolling around on the ground for too long. You know, I don't want to be putting someone in triangle chokes and arm bars and this, that and the other if I'm out in the street. Because there's always a chance that someone else is going to join in. Even if they're not involved and directly involved, someone else could join in. So you don't want to be rolling on the ground. But to learn that stuff, it just it gives you a backup. So if you do get there, you've got a little bit of knowledge of what to do. Mm. And that's one of the arguments that a lot of karate people have against Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu is, oh, you, yeah, but if I'm on the ground, I'm not going to be rolling around choking somebody. I just, I would get up. It's like, right, but you won't be able to get up. Because they like, are just going because, to be just so because, good at keeping like, you down. If, yeah, if someone's really good at Jiu-Jitsu, just because they can put you in an arm lock or, or a choke doesn't mean that they can't quite easily let go of you and stand up as well. Like, they, like karate, when they view, karate people view self-defense, they think, oh, I don't need that because I'll just stand up. But learning that gives you the skill to stand up because if you can do all that complicated stuff, you can do the easy stuff. Mm. Um, but, yeah, that the, the feeling of 
being completely helpless against somebody on the ground was terrifying. <laughs> terrifying. Really? Yeah. I mean, he was the, the guy was really good, and he was coaching me through. You know, he, he said, "So what do you know?" And he said, "Do you know this, this, and this?" I said, "Yeah, I know this." He said, "Okay, cool. So you've got some way we can start from." And we were just sort of rolling, and he said, oh, "If you're going to do this, then you need this. Your arm to be here. You need to pull this. Oh, see how that works better? Yeah, I see. Okay." So we were working through like that, but when he turned it on, it was just. There was just nothing I could do. Nothing you could do. Just everywhere I moved, it was, okay, you've been tapped. Yeah, you've been tapped again. Oh, now I'm being choked. Oh, now I'm being strangled. Okay. It's, it's just the way it is. And it's, yeah, it's eye-opening, definitely. Mm-hmm. But to say that, you know, to say that, that that guy wouldn't be very good in self-defence because, you know, he doesn't know how to fight on the ground in the street, quote-unquote, of course he does, because he could stand up any time he wanted to because he had complete control over me. Mm. Like, there's nothing I could do that would stop him from standing up at any point. No. So, yeah. I can't remember how I got onto that, but yeah. I can't remember. No. It's abs- absolutely <laughs> a theme of our shows. Yeah. Is well, that we, were, temp- we were saying about the groundwork in mm. karate. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's, it's not present in a lot of places, mm. and it doesn't need to be at that level that I was just saying where you need to... Mm learn super, super advanced jiu-jitsu techniques, but you need to be able to learn, if you get there, how can I get back to my feet effectively and quickly? Yeah, or, or even just protect myself or, or understand yeah, what might be coming. Yeah. So if, I'm I think, like, if I'm on the bottom, how am I going to stop myself from getting punched to then get back up? Yeah, I mean, it might be a conversation for another time, and probably is, because yeah. it would actually be worth getting into, yeah, I definitely. think, which other martial arts work really well. They all work when really you well. Mix, when you mix them up. Yeah. Um, and I was, I was looking at a post on something... Um, I can't remember on a Facebook group, possibly Karate Nerds, I don't know, um, where someone was saying, you know, is it right at my level, which was about green belt, I think, to go ahead and start cross-training yes, in another art. absolutely it is. And the replies were very, very mixed. I was quite surprised. Um, they went from, absolutely not, loyalty is everything. Oh, you yeah, must well. not cross-train to... It's not helpful to cross-train or get confused and mixed up. Anyway. Over into, um, yeah, do it, mate. You know, knock yourself out. Go and learn something different. Maybe keep the one that you're learning to be the principal, but go ahead and do some other, you know, you might learn some useful techniques to back it up. You might enjoy something better. It's all good. I think if you've been doing something for a good couple of years, I mean, you don't want to immediately start white belt in a karate dojo and then go, right, at the same time, I'm going to do judo and I'm going to do jiu-jitsu and then I'm going to go and learn fencing at the same time. Like, it's too much. You won't be able to learn it. If you've been doing, say, three years of karate and then you go, right, I need to, I'm lacking in this area. My my throwing skills, even though I know a little bit, they're lacking. I want to go to judo. It's different enough that you won't get confused. And it's it's closely related yeah. enough that you will benefit from it. And it fills the space. Yeah. You know, so in karate we do the throws, you get the person down there, You we know to then strike and move away. But... What we don't know is what happens if they then sweep you and you end up on your exactly, back on yeah. the floor. Yeah. Then you've had it. <laughs> yeah. It's exactly why the, you know people that fight MMA, they don't just, like, the days of learning one style and then going to fight an MMA are long gone. It doesn't happen anymore because people adapt quickly. Like, you, you weren't, like, back in the first UFC where Hoist, come, Hoist Gracie comes in with just jiu-jitsu and wins, you couldn't do that now. You need other areas because... People are that much better. Mm. Um, so yeah, cross-training, I think, is massively important to do. Even 
cross-training other striker knots like boxing. If you're, you, you, no one can argue that the boxers are the best punchers on the planet. Anyone that argues that is an idiot because it's just obvious. It's just just obvious. Boxers are the best punchers on the planet. So if you want to improve your punching ability, go and train with a boxer for a while. It will help your karate. It might change the way you you kind of punch slightly, but it's not going to be that different. But you will, the finesse to your punches will be be much better. Mm. It, doesn't, it doesn't mean to say that the way karate people punch is wrong. It's just because it's not all that you do. It's not to the level of a boxer. No, but like you said at the beginning, it's about coming out of the way that we're normally taught punching, which is, you know, lots of speed and lots of power and combinations over into, you know, dark and move and, you know, twist around, keep it light and keep it flowing. That's one thing that that, that, that karate doesn't have. You say moving and bobbing and weaving. That's Mm. one thing that people can learn from boxing is that bobbing and weaving skill is so important. But so it's really important. not there. It's, it's not in karate. It's, is it? It's just not there. Mm. It's just not there. Mainly because, again, if, if you look at kind of old school karate, which is close range self-defense based, it's not necessarily a necessary skill because you're so close, you're so connected to each other that that kind of bobbing and weaving distance isn't there. And if you look at modern day karate where you're fighting at a longer range... You don't necessarily need it because you can block and parry because you're at such a distance you can see techniques coming. It's that mid-range distance, the punching distance where you need it. But, it's, yeah, sparring, again, with my, with my brother, who is a boxer, there's something he uses really, really well. It's just the constant head movement. It's so hard to land shots because they're constantly moving their head all the time, rolling the shoulders, which, again, in, in karate, you're told shoulders down, chest up. Mm. Which, you know, if you stand like that against a boxer, you're going to get flattened straight away because your chin's <laughs> in the air. There's no protection. So it's it's, it's <clears throat> taking what works. It's the old Bruce Lee philosophy of, of, you know, take what works and get rid of what doesn't. Good quote, Greg. That's not exactly how he said it. Is I it not? Think. He definitely didn't say it with my accent. Did he not? <laughs> no, <laughs> he definitely didn't. And we have still not found who it was who said... Leave no space for death. Leave no space for death. Someone said it. But we are loving. We are loving that quote. It's a beautiful quote. So we're going to use it. And credit to whoever said it. So yeah, Yeah, let us know. Someone said it. Someone better than me said it. But I'm going to take it for now. (laughs) Until I find out who it was. Until you find out who it was. Yeah, you're going to use it. It definitely wasn't Sun Tzu. No. So apologies to Sun Tzu for putting words in his mouth. Yeah. (laughs) Please don't come back and haunt me. Or he might just be pleased to be quoted by you. Who knows? He might inspire misquoted. you. Misquoted. Misquoted. By me, yeah. Yeah, well, that's true. Okay, lovely. Well, we've been here for quite a while. So I think it's probably time for us to head off and go and do other stuff now. Yeah, finish this cake. And finish the cake. Actually, yeah, we have to finish the cake. Our celebration cake. Mm-hmm. So uh, thank you, Brad. Well, thank you very much for having me. Yes, an absolute pleasure. Thank you, Greg. Thank you, both of you. <laughs> so also, while we're here, if you would like to get in touch with us, drop me a line on Twitter at SusanBrooks underscore one. We'd love to hear from you. This has been Sue and Brad and Greg's Conversations on Karate. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you next time. Cheerio.